So I've been seeing this girl for close to a month now and things are going very well between us. We're both into conspiracies, paranormal stuff, spirituality, all that weird and interesting stuff. When we're together, things tend to be more eventful than usual, like signs from the universe reaching out and lots of synchronicity. For example, she goes to church and I went with her for the first time last Sunday and the pastor directly spoke to us at the beginning of his sermon and said it was basically for us and proceeded to talk about some of the things we were talking about on the way up as well as some more things that were just relevant to our past. It was a rather large church too, so I'm sure I wasn't the only unfamiliar face. She shops at some organic food stands and such, and when I've gone with her, the vendors end up talking to us about things we literally had just finished talking about on the way up. There are many examples of us talking about stuff and then we either see it or it somehow becomes relevant very soon afterwards. There's also been some minor paranormal activity happening around her home, some of which I noticed as well. Just a minor example that happened to me instead of her, but I was rearranging a stack of egg cartons she wanted to recycle on her window sill and I knocked a teacup into the sill. I fixed it, walked away, and noticed not even five minutes later it was back to being knocked over in the same position. It is minor stuff like that, but it has happened enough times to seem beyond coincidence. The story, she lives in a very very small town in central Florida that I stay over at sometimes. Just a couple days ago, we went on a small hike after we both got off of work, like 15 minutes down the road or so, probably 3 miles long altogether. Funnily enough, the topic of skinwalkers got brought up just before we left. We get to the trail and everything is normal. The only thing of note is that, towards the start of the trail, I spot a coral snake and stop her and her dog from stepping on it. For those who don't know, Coral snakes are extremely venomous and rather rare as far as I know. I don't really like snakes, but she doesn't mind them, so I got the all-familiar minor heebie-jeebies for a bit after spotting it, but we continued on. At the center point of the trail, there is this long bridge that goes to an overlook of a lake, so we stopped there for a few to take in the view. It was around sunset, so it was nice. We were just taking it all in for a bit. I didn't even think about it, but after talking about it with a friend, I did hear a strange high-pitched sort of animal noise a few times in the minutes before we left. She works with various animals and has for around three years, but neither of us could really recognize what the sound was, although she only recently moved to Florida, so who knows if it's relevant or not. Anyway, we start to head down the bridge as it is going to be dark soon. As soon as we get to the end of the bridge, her dog starts hauling ass, as if it's chasing something, although there is clearly nothing in front of him and I can see for a good ways down the trail. I get a really really bad feeling in the pit of my stomach and the dog takes a sharp right into the woods. As soon as he takes that turn, a deer bounds out of the woods from the left, opposite of where he ran, and stops maybe 30 feet in front of us on the trail. She and I are calling for her dog to come back to us as the deer stands there watching. There is this super loud machine noise that keeps crescendoing up and down. I am pretty certain it was an airboat, but it's adding to some pretty spooky vibes already. Night is quickly falling and the deer remains on the trail, watching us as we call for her dog. 
it kinda creeps my girlfriend out, and she eventually yells at it to go away after like 5 to 7 minutes. It bounds away into the woods for like 20 feet and stops to watch us some more. We go off trail a bit to try and call for her dog, and the deer finally runs off for good, being followed by a small pack of deer when it finally does. It's definitely dark out now, and we head back to the trail in case her dog has circled around, so neither us nor her dog get lost. We actually get to the trail at the same time as her dog does. Keep in mind, we've been calling him this whole time, but he ends up limping back just to the trail and doesn't seem to respond to our calls. He's been gone for around 20 minutes, the longest she has ever seen him run off for, of the few times he has, and he is definitely messed up. He is panting like crazy, his neck is covered in salivation, he is limping from his back leg, whose paw is curling, and his gaze isn't all there. When you look at him directly, you can tell he's not really seeing you, even if his eyes seem to be looking in your direction. Again, it's completely dark by now and he obviously needs a vet, so I pick him up and we haul him the 1.5 miles or so back to her car. We're half running, and running for short bursts, by her phone flashlight, so we don't step on any snakes, and almost the whole way back, we keep hearing loud rustling in the woods and fields we pass through. At least a boar-sized animal was out there. I couldn't think of anything else in Florida that would make that much noise, which definitely added to the fear of the situation. The machine noise is also still blaring at slow crescendo. It really felt like a scene out of a horror movie. To make a very long story short, her dog was definitely bit by a snake, likely coral snake, from a blood test he received. We had to drive 2.5 hours away at 11 PM to get antivenom from UF, but he ended up being okay and we picked him up yesterday. The whole situation felt very off in a weird way, and I thought it was quite strange that a deer would stop on the trail to watch us like that for so long. There were tons of hunting blinds throughout the area too, so I can't imagine the deer would be that friendly in that area. The dog was not chasing anything I could see, and again, the trail was definitely clear for a long way. He took a very sharp right when he went into the woods. It was almost like something was calling him, saying, come, come this way, and led him to the snake. Immediately after he ran into the woods is when that deer came out to watch us. And just before all this occurred, we heard some strange slightly high-pitched mammal sounding animal out in the marshes of the lake. Not to mention the loud rustling as we were rushing to get out of there. The loud machine noise obviously isn't related to skinwalkers, but definitely made the vibes more creepy. I don't know for sure if it was a skinwalker, but based on how many things we talk about end up happening to us soon after, I don't know. There were a lot of weird aspects to that encounter, for sure. For that reason, we actually agreed to talk about pleasant things only for a while. What do you guys think? I think I saw a skinwalker when I was young. Okay, so I'm in Venezuela and it's 1998. I'm 7 years old and I'm playing with some toys in the kitchen of my parents' apartment in Caracas. We live on the 9th floor and it's after midnight. My big sister, who is 13 at the moment, is doing the dishes when something in the kitchen window grabs her attention. 
She walks over to the window and opens it and looks straight down. After seeing something below and gasping, she passes out. I see everything and drop my toys and I walk over to the window to see what had happened. When I look below, I see this huge white kangaroo-like animal with bright fiery red eyes looking straight up at me and seemingly making eye contact with me. Seven-year-old me chuckles as I say wow a kangaroo. I try to wake up my sister to no avail, and I go get my dad in his room. We never talked about it again, and part of me forgets, while another part of me remembers and thinks, what a crazy dream. Twenty years later, we live in the US now, and we're having a few drinks and telling old stories. And my sister, out of nowhere, starts telling this story that she's never told anybody about a time that she saw a white demon with fire red eyes that looked like a, and before she even says it, I say kangaroo, and she looks at me as shocked as I was, and she asks how do you know that? After I explained to her everything and how I never mentioned it because I thought it was a dream and never thought it really happened. She starts crying and tells me that she passed out because she knew it could never be a kangaroo because we lived in Venezuela and because white kangaroos don't exist and had naturally assumed it was a paranormal slash demonic entity. My seven-year-old wasn't scared because I really thought it was a kangaroo. To this day, we both don't know what we saw. An encounter with Acoustica OK, so this happened to my wife a couple years ago. We live in Southeast Alaska, where there is a mythical creature that is known to roam the forest called Acoustica. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Or Otter Man. They're similar to the Bigfoots of the Pacific Northwest, but legend has it that if you encounter one, it will shapeshift into someone you know and try to lure you into its lair. My wife was running down a trail with our two dogs in a local park. She had made three laps and was going on her fourth when our dog suddenly stopped on the trail and started growling at something off in the woods, like really snarling. Our dogs are well behaved, so this was very abnormal for them to do. She walked forward, looking into the woods, trying to see what they were barking at. She rounded a corner and there was a man standing about 40 feet off the trail. She had never seen this man in her life. 
He was dressed as if he was homeless. His hair was long and dirty. His face was hidden by mats of hair. After standing still for a while, the man knelt down behind a log and out of sight. Suddenly, out flew a bald eagle from where this man had just been standing. As soon as the man and eagle disappeared, our dogs were completely fine. They returned to their normal, happy selves. We spent the next couple weeks researching Otterman and trying to understand more about it. We talked to some local Tlingit elders about the experience. Their interpretation of what happened is that the old man was trying to teach my wife some kind of lesson. To this day, we have no idea what that lesson could have been. I'm Navajo. My grandfather grew up on the reservation, so I have many connections to people. I was planning a trip with a good friend of mine, an average Catholic white dude. The plan was to camp out in the desert for a few days. I knew the area fairly well, so I knew we wouldn't get lost. Skip forward a few days. We have been camping for around two days already. We were very tired and thinking about heading to one of my relatives houses, but thought against it because we were dumb. Anyways, it's around 11 PM and we start hearing a woman crying a few feet from our tent. I was already freaked out, but my friend was insisting we go check it out. I agreed, so we opened the tent and started walking in the direction of the crying. It was quiet, completely quiet. On our way back to the tent, we heard something sprint directly towards us from behind. He ran and I pulled my handgun. I know I missed whatever was there because there was only the sound of it running away. What happened next? We ran. We ran all the way to the main road. That's really the whole story, but I thought I should share it. Sorry if my typing is a little off, I'm not a native English speaker. This happened over 20 years ago while I was still in high school. I live in the Navajo Nation. One day, my sister and I were talking about skinwalkers and stories about them that we heard from friends and encounters their families had. That same night, I was sleeping soundly, when suddenly the dream I was having suddenly vanished and there was nothing but darkness as well as complete silence as my ears suddenly became aware. It was like my ears had woken up but the rest of me was still sleeping. A second after this happens, I hear from a distance of what I can guess is maybe at least 50 away, the sound of bare feet rushing up to my window, banging on it, then running back off into the distance. After the running sound was gone, I opened my eyes fully awake and my body immediately went into full body shivering for about 10 seconds. After a while, I was somehow able to get back to sleep. The following day, I told my sister what happened, and she said she was also woken up by someone slash something scratching at her window around the same time. But she didn't get the full body shivering like I did. This was the last time we ever openly talked about skinwalkers. My skinwalker encounter oh boy, I've been looking for a page like this for a while. That won't think I'm crazy. This is my skinwalker story, and yes, my friends in the story are bad, as you'll soon realize. But this is all 100% real. I grew up near American Fort Canyon. 
My friends and I had heard stories of skinwalkers, ghosts, and possible other creatures in the canyon. My parents would always go up there in the afternoon as my parents wouldn't let me out after dark, but after I turned 18 and moved out, we started going on night hikes. We would usually go on hikes on or near the full moon because the moon would be so bright you didn't really need a flashlight. We had been doing night hikes for a few months with nothing weird ever happening, not even a large animal sighting until this particular night. There was one spot we would frequent. It was pretty flat, with trees on all sides, but no overhead canopy, so the moon was the only light we needed. It also had a pretty cool spot with logs around a fire pit pretty far up the tail. It always seemed out of place, but it was a great spot to stop and smoke or even start a fire. We were almost to the pit, my two guy friends were in front when we heard this loud, blood-curdling scream. It sounded like an elk, but it was so close to us that we had never seen an elk in that area before. Let alone any signs of predators. We decided to keep going, at least to our smoking spot, when we all heard a twig snap right in front of us. My two friends both swear and start running in the opposite direction. Since I was shorter and in the back, I didn't see what scared them. I thought that maybe they were pranking me or something. I looked back at them for a second, then faced forward on the path. Right in front was a log for the smoking spot, but there in the moonlight I saw the shape of a large wolf with bright red eyes. I froze up until this wolf thing transformed into a large human, still with red eyes and an animal hood on its back. I have never run so hard in my life. My friends were already in the car, and as soon as I was in the car, we sped away. We never did any night hikes up American Fork or Provo Canyon again. I told my friends what I saw, and they said they only saw the wolf. Wolves are not common in Utah, and to the best of my knowledge, there aren't any in that canyon. But I know it was a wolf and then a large man. Years later, I can still see that scene in my mind like it happened yesterday. I grew up in a small town where stories of skinwalkers were common, so I never believed in them growing up. But that changed just a few days ago. As many of you are aware, the ongoing pandemic means that most everywhere is on lockdown. My parents own a cabin deep in the Canadian wilderness, so we decided to stock up and spend some time there until the storm passed. So. We've been there for three weeks now and strange things started happening 10 days in. At first, just little things. Things would get moved, our shed would get broken into, that sort of thing. But then it started to get worse. Every night, a strange smell would fill the air along with strange screams coming from just beyond the tree line. It's important to note that the screams didn't come from just one direction but at least three different directions. This past Friday just ended up being a literal nightmare. Voices surrounded the cabin, some of them familiar and others not so much. There was banging on the walls, and screams were coming from all directions. My dad and I would take our hunting rifles and guard the windows. I would occasionally catch a glimpse of some hideous creature that would briefly leave the forest line before jumping back out of view. It's been days now and we're running out of supplies. We thought we were safe during the day. But dad went hunting today and hasn't returned. 
The car won't turn on, and the generator is running out of fuel. I don't know how much longer we can last, but if dad doesn't return soon, then we have to make a run for it soon. So, people have been disappearing recently. They'll go missing for weeks before reappearing out of nowhere. The problem is that when they eventually return, they can't speak, don't recognize anyone or anything, and act strangely, almost as if they're trying to imitate themselves. Everyone can tell that something is wrong. A family that went missing late last year reappeared, even though we found their bodies in the cabin they owned. I helped search for them. You should have seen the little girl. It was horrible. Skinwalkers used to be common here, but after the mayor got a bunch of shamans and a few years ago, they all but disappeared. I think they've returned, but nobody wants to believe me. It may already be too late. I never believed in skinwalkers until June of last year, when I had my own horrifying encounter. I was in Dallas, Texas visiting my old grandfather shortly before his passing. Now, nothing odd happened when I was at the hospital, but every time I was staying at his home, my grandfather spent his last few weeks in a hospice and my grandmother had passed away years prior, to help maintain it in the finances. For the first two weeks, I would wake up at about 3 in the morning to hear my grandmother's voice at the back door asking to be let in. I knew it couldn't be her since I was at the funeral. Every time I heard the voice, I would look out the back door and see a deer standing on its hind legs on the edge of the property. It never got any closer, though, and would flee every time it spotted me. Shortly before my grandfather passed away, he made mention of the skinwalker. He asked if she had returned or if I had let her in. I said yes and then no, to which my grandfather smiled. He said to never let it in if I wanted to live. I didn't understand then, but I do now. I used to hunt skinwalkers a long time ago. I'm of Navajo descent, though that doesn't really matter. I don't follow their customs, so I don't know how they handle skinwalkers, if they do at all. I started in the late 1970s as a teenager. My father trained me for years before retiring. Last year, he passed away. Skinwalkers are near impossible to kill, and most people won't even be able to hurt them, let alone kill them. It's long and complicated and even outright dangerous if someone who doesn't know what they're doing tries to hunt a skinwalker, so I won't put anyone in danger by explaining how here. But skinwalkers are dangerous and will absolutely pretend to be people you know and trust to get away from you or find an opportunity to kill you. It is important to note, though, that the skinwalkers everybody sees are young skinwalkers that have just left their nest. They haven't yet perfected the mimetically that most people attribute to the skinwalker. You never know an adult skinwalker, as they can blend in perfectly. Only other skinwalkers can tell the difference which is how I can hunt them. This year my son will take his place as a skinwalker hunter, and it will be my turn to retire. It will be well earned. We saw something. I just want to ask you guys to see if we were right. 
We were driving down a mountain in Idaho that we had been driving on for two years. We'll call him Max for the time being because it was about six months ago. We're doing what we always do, driving fast, listening to loud music, and discussing whatever we want. This time we were talking about some old Native American tales his Navajo friend told him. About 10 minutes later, I hit something. Felt fleshy, but I looked in the mirrors and there was nothing. We have felt that before and last time the light above us shattered and went off. The glass never fell and we heard someone running around us, so we just kept driving. I saw something in the tree line. Hunched over and about 5 feet tall while hunched. I got a decent look at it since we slowed down after hitting something. It looked like a deer but kind of off. It had a longer face, way too tall to be a deer, and its joints looked off. I was bending the wrong way, and I couldn't see if it had hoofs or hands. We turned the music almost off and confirmed we saw the same thing. Then we heard sticks breaking to our left and then a loud thud to our right. Like something big dropped from a tree or jumped the road. Then we heard it running again, keeping up with us at about 40 miles per hour. I couldn't see it due to the bad headlights. Right before that happened, our windshield was swarmed with this white moth-like thing. Then when the not a deer slash skin walker thing stopped, they were nowhere to be seen. We heard more stuff breaking around us when we got to the top, I was going to take the dirt road down, but that sounded like a bad idea, and when we were bombing the hill back home. Haven't had that happen since. Any ideas of what it could have been? If you have questions, I'll answer them the best I can, but that's essentially what happened. I grew up in Southern California, and my parents frequently took my brother and me camping at Mammoth Mountain and the Grand Canyon. I'm really unfamiliar with this type of stuff, but I saw a haunting video of a clearly corpse-like person screaming for help in the woods and it threw me through the ringer as it triggered a memory I had when I was probably around 8 or so and was camping in Big Bear. We were on a very domesticated camping site, lights, hard site latrines, water, no one could have possibly been lost there. I woke up around what would have had to be two to someone wailing and moaning in the night. It still gives me the worst shakes and goosebumps just remembering it now. It was so terrifying I couldn't even move. I was in the tent with both my folks and my brother. I can't remember if I asked them the following day or not about it. Of course, it could have been a fever dream but I remember it so vividly and being so terrified that I know I was awake and don't think an eight-year-old could have made that up. I woke up purely because it was so loud and terrifying. For about an hour, I heard it wailing for help over and over again in a low pit, then raised pitch. It clearly was not a call for help due to pain or fear, it was wailing but emotionless statements for help. Hellllp, Hellllp. There were maybe three to five seconds pauses before it repeated. It never said anything but help in this pattern for over an hour. It never explained why they needed help. It never even seemed frustrated that literally no one in this entire campsite was even calling out to it. It's tough to remember, but the voice sounded like it must have been a teenage boy. Our campsite was the furthest in, on a small cliff with a river below it that you could scale down to. 
there wasn't anything but woods behind the campsite, so I feel like that must have been where it must have been traveling through, which makes more sense why no one else in the campsite responded or may have even heard it other than our tent. I remember it never came extremely close to my tent, but its movement was obvious from the direction and volume of its voice changing. It must have traveled some distance, as it never stopped until it faded out and must have moved out of earshot. In the AM, I'm texting my folks to find out exactly what campsite it was at to follow up with a better location for you all and my brother to see if he remembers as well. Big Basin, California, Semper Virens was the exact campsite where this happened. I tried to look up and see if there were other similar events, but I could find nothing that I could find. I'd love some input on this one. We just moved from Reston, Virginia to Jackson, Mississippi. We decided to split up the drive and get as far as we could on Thursday night. We made it about three and a half hours down to Natural Bridge and decided to stay at the Natural Bridge Hotel. We came off of I-81 and I was about 10 minutes ahead of my partner, who was driving the moving truck. First, I'm very well versed in deer. I grew up in the country, and my family actually owns an enclosure where they monitor a deer population in central Mississippi. So, when I saw two does run across the road about a mile off of 81, I wasn't shocked. It's about 1 AM at this point. I did feel uneasy about being out and about in this area this late. Not unsafe, just uneasy. I slowed down and was nearly at the hotel when my cat, who had been sleeping in my lap and wasn't disturbed at all by me hitting the brakes with the two does, scrambled for the back of the car. I scratched my legs badly enough to draw enough blood to smear all over my right thigh. And when I looked back up, there was a doe standing in my lane, facing me. I was going about 30 miles per hour, so I easily stopped about 10 feet from it. There was absolutely nothing abnormal about the appearance of the deer, its legs were normal, it didn't look thin, and its eyes were in the right place. What was weird was that it didn't move. I'm sitting in a car 10 feet away from it for about 30 seconds and it's just facing me head on staring at me. It made my skin crawl. I had to back up and drive around this doe, and it watched me the entire time, turning its head to do so. I've never had a deer watch me. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST like that and the more i think about it the more uncomfortable i get because it seemed to be healthy i don't think it was a deer i guess a skinwalker maybe here in sleepy hollow new york we have all types of crazy things the headless horseman is not one of them ghosts demons and aliens every summer you see ghost hunters here but never in the winter, until last year. We were playing paintball in the winter. A group of 10 players. We played for an hour before we ran out of paintballs and retreated to the rock bridge to build a fire, like we usually do. My brother George and I heard something to the right end, because there were leaves on the trees and there was snow on the ground, the moon was bright and it illuminated this deer. It wasn't a normal looking deer. It had no tail, and the eyes were too far apart. It also had an awful stench, like death. I told my brother not to make a sound. Now George is not one for ghosts and didn't believe in fairy tales, but when he saw this, he was beside himself. Before we could turn around, it saw us and screamed at us. The rest of the crew heard it and wondered why we were freaking out. We ran past them yelling, let's go. Let's go. Now, now. They saw what we saw, and they took off with us. This thing was super fast. The exit was a good mile run on the aqueduct trail. It took us 10 minutes to get back to the road. We saw the light on the road coming as we were getting close, but this thing was right behind us screaming. We got to the light on the road and it stopped. It's looking at us screaming. The neighbors came out, cussing at us for all the noise and saying that she had called the cops. Then she saw what we saw and ran inside screaming. As the cop showed up, the thing took off. But my brother and I took a picture of this thing. We got some great shots. We showed them this thing, and they told us not to come out here at night. We never talk about this, and I don't like talking about it now. My cousin is a cop here in town. He was one of the cops that responded that night. He still, until this day, is scared to drive up there at night. So yes, things you can't explain are real. Come to Sleepy Hollow, New York. You never know what you might just see. So this happened a few nights ago on Saturday, August 28, 2021 in British Columbia, Canada. I'm not entirely sure if what I encountered was a skinwalker, but here goes. I live in a small to medium-sized town, not a large city, in a suburban neighborhood that's situated close to the Fraser River. 
Everything around here is mostly woods, and there's also a large forest service road system a few blocks away that goes quite far into the bush. A little bit more about my immediate area around my home, sorry, it helps to understand where everything is. There is a little park across from my house with a small playground and a paved path that goes about 0.4 kilometers until it meets up with the main road. Down the hill from there, there's a newer housing development area that has a large cleared area, previously bush, and a long gravel path that leads to a meadow and eventually the road. If you walk to the bush at the park across from my house and take a right in the woods, there's a narrow trail that's quite overgrown that pops you out at the start of the hill down to the new development. There are also quite a few trails within that section of bush at the park. About 100 meters away, to the right of the hill, is another park that connects to the forest service road system and endless bush. From the park across my house to the end of the meadow is about one kilometer in total. The meadow connects to a large gravel area across from a high school up a hill, which is where this begins. All right, so here's what happened. This was all later at night, around 11.30 PM. My girlfriend and I were in the gravel lot, in my SUV, across from the high school where we were talking, and she eventually fell asleep as we had been walking around all day and the fair was in town. About 15 minutes after she was asleep, I started to get an eerie feeling like I was being watched and had a feeling like we had overstayed our welcome. I didn't like it at all and always trust my gut when I get feelings like that, so I started to wake up my girlfriend. Just as she was starting to wake up, I heard what sounded like someone shouting, kinda like a hoo or ha, further away downhill into the meadow. I would have disregarded it, but it caught me off guard a bit since it sounded almost doubled like the person had a chorus pedal or pitch shifter on their voice. It spooked me a bit because of that, and I hadn't heard anyone yell like that before. I finished waking up my girlfriend, and we drove away from there into an elementary school parking lot down the road from the hill leading to the new development. I told her what happened, and we joked about it being spooky and whatnot. I then looked up videos to try and find something that matched what I had heard and skinwalker screams and vocalizations were what matched up most. Unfortunately, I scrolled into the comments, which mentioned that the further away the scream is, the closer it is to you. It spooked me for a moment, but I chalked it all up to coincidence. For fun, we decided to drive down the hill to the new development as it's dark and spooky, it is woods on one side where the park is, and has a gravel turnaround for vehicles with a gate at the end where the gravel path starts. As we were going down the hill near the top, I got a very strange and uneasy feeling, almost like a slight panic, but it went away shortly after we got to the bottom of the hill. My girlfriend said she got the feeling as well, so we decided to turn around on a side street and leave. I decided to play some music that always helps take the scared feelings away from me, the Doom Eternal soundtrack, specifically Super Gore Nest, and put the pedal to the metal on the accelerator whilst going up the hill to make me feel more comfortable and like nothing could touch me. When we were about three quarters of the way up the hill, the feeling came back and hit us full force. The closer we got to the top, where the trail comes out, the stronger it got. The only way I can describe it is as pure terror. It wasn't fear or dread, it was terror. We both had a physical reaction to it. 
We got intense chills, and we could feel the goosebumps on our skin all over our body. We both started to get choked up and teary-eyed, and I became short of breath for a minute. I must have gone from 60 km per hour up the hill, limit is 50, to 80 after cresting the hill, and it felt like if we stopped, we surely would have died. It was the most terrifying experience either of us has had, we didn't even see anything. I've driven past many animals at night, from deer to bears to coyotes, etc. and have been outside walking home alone at night with a bear going through garbage cans at my neighbor's houses. I've dirt biked past a mama bear with cubs and a mama moose, and I thought those were scary experiences. No terrifying experience I've had, from a car accident when I was young to nearly being hit four times while doing road construction by careless drivers, can compare to the feeling I had that night. The Doom soundtrack turned from the feeling of being a badass into feeling like it would be the anthem of my death. It was truly the most terrifying experience of my life. After getting out of Dodge, we went to a well-lit mall parking lot and calmed down for a bit, still shaken. I drove my girlfriend home, and had a very anxious and fear-ridden drive home, as the park across from my house is only 150-ish meters away from where the encounter took place. When I got home, I made sure everything was locked up tight, had a little bit of weed to calm down, and then went to bed while on video call with my girlfriend. That night, around 3.45 am, I woke up and had a mild return of the panic feeling for around 5 minutes before falling back asleep. I dreamt of the experience the entire night. The next morning, my girlfriend told me she heard tapping on my window at around 3 am, which made me shudder as my window is around 9 feet off the ground. I don't know what to make of the experience and would appreciate some guidance into what this may have been. I've never liked walking in those woods alone as I always get a creepy feeling, but I'm definitely not walking to my house alone at night ever again. We're going to go back and drive there at night again to see if it happens again. I'm not sure if that's a stupid idea, but my curiosity about cryptids and the like has been piqued and I need to know what's lurking around here. Thanks for reading, and I'd appreciate any help or insight on what it may be. Hello, I live in Northern California, and I tend to drive at night for my job. I'm a delivery driver. I usually bring my boyfriend along for the sake of it, just to make us both feel better. Last night he saw something neither of us could explain. I'm hoping for some insight here. I'm going to try to make this as detailed as I can. We were driving home around 11 PM. The road wasn't super busy, and we had to drive by a half shithole rail yard to get home. There are lots of trashed box cars. I had a terrible feeling of dread driving through there. I just had to get out of there. I can't tell you why. I've grown up in creepy places my entire life. I used to live in the south, surrounded by nothing but fields and dirt roads. But last night, I felt absolutely terrified. We were about halfway home when my boyfriend gasped and became speechless. When he was finally capable of speaking, he told me he saw something that's hard to describe. It was on its hind legs, standing on a trashed out box car. It had features like a cat or a rabbit. It was about waist high. It wasn't particularly tall. 
It had an extremely round face. It started running super fast on two legs when it saw us. It wasn't quite human, but it wasn't quite an animal either. It was bipedal. I looped back around after he had calmed down. We drove back and forth a couple of times, both of us terrified, but we wanted an explanation. Maybe it was a trick of the light. We couldn't find anything. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I have no clue what that animal was. But I hope for insight here. Hopefully an animal? Does this sound like what I fear it may be? So I have lived in Texas my whole life, the first 12 of which were spent in Houston. We moved 400 miles or so away, still in Texas, in order to have horse property as we were tired of boarding. Moving forward, we moved to a 20-acre property already set up for horses. Now there are a few things. I immediately noticed more stars, a lot of loud coyotes, and that we were on a hill overlooking a valley of trees lining pastures. It's not like there weren't other plots, the two right beside us are vacant for some reason, but we aren't alone or anything. Now the coyotes howl often, sometimes during the day. I only saw one once. That time, in the evening, my brother and I rode our bikes down the gravel roads and eventually went down some dirt roads, which is a little strange since all our roads are white gravel. We were on top of a hill by a cow pasture with some oil control valves and a field of trees and dense shrubbery. There was a coyote at the base of the hill, but it was strange. I've never seen one before, but I thought it was a bit large considering that they are supposed to be as big as German Shepherds. This was probably twice as big. It stared at us. We were still and watched it. My brother said we should leave, but I, the older of the two of us, whispered we should stay still. I didn't want it to chase us. It eventually walked, more like crawled, into the shrubs. We ended up going home. Another time we were out at the back pasture gate and saw huge paw prints in the dry mud, aka dirt. These prints were strange, almost not coyote-like. My dad would talk about seeing really strange coyotes when he mowed the pasture in the evening. He would say their eyes were almost red, not yellow, like animals' eyes get in the dark. He would say that they ran away from him through our pound. Our pound is at most five feet deep but my dad swears up and down that it ran through it. In the area of Texas we live in, there is never anywhere. But the other day, in a field I was jogging by, there was a deer carcass all torn up. I'm not sure if some guy in a truck hit it somewhere and dumped it there, but I swear it wasn't there yesterday and there's no way vultures could have done that in one day. Worst of all, Coyotes have been caught and relocated early last year due to overpopulation and them attacking humans in nearby counties, at least that's what my teacher told me. 
I literally am kind of creeped out right now. Maybe the coyotes are breeding with dogs, maybe it's something else, but I'm pretty sure coyotes don't get over 5 feet tall. Does anyone else have any ideas about this? My name is Emilio Sanchez. I'm from Denver, Colorado. It's a beautiful, mountainous state. I try to be outside as much as humanly possible. Very few people are just kind of stay-at-home bodies in Colorado. My family's cabin is in Red River, New Mexico. From Denver, it's about a seven-hour drive. It's well hidden inside the woods. It's pretty secluded. When I was 11, 2011, I would hike up there. It was a dense forest. And as I got further in, all you heard was birds and, you know, the wind blowing. It's beautiful. But that's when this whole thing started to get bad. I've never really told anyone about any of this. My mother and my stepfather were just taking a few days for a family get-together. It was probably about 6.30 or 7 in the morning. We were just in the cabin, kind of in the woods, playing a card game. My parents went down to the lake to get fish for breakfast because I was supposed to actually go fishing with them, but I didn't want to. I heard something in the distance. It sounded like someone was walking down the driveway. I thought it was my mom coming back to make breakfast. There was, like, a fog, you know, like a low mist hovering over the ground a little bit, but I couldn't see anyone. But then I saw this thing, and it was standing off in the distance. It was maybe about 50 yards or so. It was just standing there, and the best I can describe it is that it was kind of a guy who had deer legs and a face. It looked like someone was wearing a hollowed out deer skull. I couldn't see his eyes, but then he turned his head to me. Where the eyes, like, should be, you just see black holes. We looked at each other, and that's when I knew it was something else. I kind of got scared, so I hid below the windowsill. I could hear one footstep hit the gravel driveway, and then, from there, I heard three. And the next thing I know, it's at the cabin. The distance from the porch of the cabin to the end of the driveway is about 50 feet. I don't know if it jumped or it flew or what, but it covered the ground in three steps, and it was on the porch. I started to walk up the stairs. It was about three feet from the door at that point. I was confused and really scared. Let me in. I remember hearing my mom's voice. Don't leave me out here. I thought maybe what I saw was in my mind and my mom was on the porch. I wasn't sure if I should look out the window to see if my mom was there or just stay hidden. Open the door. If it was my mom, she would keep asking me, or she would put down whatever she was carrying and open the door herself, and none of that happened. I won't ask you again. Let me in. It was still asking to come in, in my mom's voice. But every time that it was refused entry, it kind of got deeper. Open the door. Answer me. It sounded like someone had recorded my mom's voice and played it backwards. Open the door. It happened within the blink of an eye, from trying to casually open the door to it kind of kicking and punching at the door. I didn't open the door because there was no way that that was my mom. Let me in. It was the creature with the deer head. Answer me. 
Open the door. It seemed like it was trying to break down the door. The main feeling was just fear of what's going to happen if it gets in. It just stopped hitting the door. It stopped asking to come in. I heard loud footsteps leaving the porch, and when I looked back up, it was gone. When my parents got back to the cabin, they said they didn't see anything. They didn't hear anything while they were down at the lake. They didn't hear anything as they walked up. While we were fishing? They said, you know, it could have just been an animal who was eating a deer. I asked my parents, you know, if there was anything in the world that was like that? They said, no. I didn't think that I would ever see it again. For years, I questioned what I saw a lot. You know, every now and then when we're sitting around campfires or hanging out with friends, but it wasn't always on my mind until the second time that I saw it. Six years later, around 2017, Emilio had an experience while hiking in Montana. It was a late May day, and it was crisp air. It was in the morning. It was beautiful. Cleanest air you can breathe in. It was about a 37-mile hike to the top of the Madison Range, so it was around 12,000 feet. There is not much wildlife up there, and my plan was just to hike from peak to peak. It was just me. There are not a lot of people that know about that trail. I was just hiking along the trail, just enjoying the scenery. I could hear birds singing in the distance. I can hear the wind, bugs, and crickets. Then it got quiet. There weren't any birds singing. There weren't any bugs. There was nothing. I started feeling really anxious. It seemed like someone was watching me. I saw someone standing off to the side. Maybe some crazy person in the Montana woods is playing practical jokes on people, I reasoned. I've seen deer, elk, moose, all that, and it wasn't anything like that. I saw what looked to be the creature again. All I could see was its upper body, the old deer head. It looked exactly the same. It was just standing there watching me. I was startled. It kind of solidified for me what I saw for the first time when I was 11 years old. It was real. I just stared at it, and after a certain time, I did look away, and when I went to look back, it wasn't there. After it disappeared, I waited to see if it was going to reappear somewhere else. There was nothing, so after about 10 minutes, I just kept on going. I was afraid that it was kind of stalking me, in a way. On the hike, I would just leave my car at the trailhead. It was miles away, and I ended up spending the night because I didn't want to drive that late. After the creature disappeared, I was more afraid that it was going to reappear nearby, that it was stalking me all night. That night, it was the first time that I ever had a nightmare about the creature. The dream ended with it being on top of me and killing me. Before that night, I never really had bad dreams. I remember waking up that morning, and I was afraid to be alone. That low sense that I get when I feel like it's around me. Since then, I think that it's attached itself to me in some way. It's kind of always been lingering or looming around me, and I can always kind of feel it. It was about a couple months later. I met Kelsey, and that's when the spirit started getting a little bit more violent. Kelsey described what happened after she and Emilio began to spend more time with each other. My name is Kelsey Covered. 
I met Emilio through a friend of a friend, and we got along really well, so we started hanging out. One night, he asked me, he was like, did I ever tell you the story about, like, my thing? I was like, no. He was like, yeah, I've got this thing that follows me around. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm sure you do. I bet you have whatever. Emilio and I, were just really good friends. He would just crash at my place because he kind of lives a little bit further away. I just kind of made it easier on him to be there every now and again, and I had no problem with it. That night, Emilio fell asleep. It was, like, a very heavy sleep. Like, he was out of it. I couldn't sleep, and I kind of felt something, like some pressure on the bed, as if something, like a cat or something, had jumped on the bed. I automatically think that's weird. I don't have a cat or anything like that, so I thought, maybe Emilio moved, and it, like, startled me or something like that, I don't know, and so I fell back asleep. A little while later, I started to feel something, like, touching my leg. Once again, my first instinct was, Emilio, why are you touching me? What are you doing? So I kind of wake up, and he's dead asleep next to me. I, like, feel this sensation, and it's, like, harder and harder and harder. I'm, like, freaking out for a second. It started to feel like something was, like, scratching my leg. So I sit up, and it stops. I try to wake Emilio up. I'm going to shake him. Emilio didn't wake up at all. I'm really scared at this point. I mean, it was so vivid that I don't know how I could have imagined a feeling like that. It definitely wasn't a peaceful rest of the night, for sure. I was so scared that something else was going to happen that night. I didn't wake up the next morning feeling like I had actually slept last night. Immediately, I just think, don't even bother mentioning it. You probably dreamt it. So I brush it off. I pull the cover off. Obviously, something happened to me last night to cause this. Emilio described the marks, there were scratch marks on her leg. They looked like a human was trying to, basically, scratch themselves way too hard, and was kind of becoming concerned for Kelsey. I don't know what to do, and it just, like, really kind of freaked me out. Kelsey spoke to Emilio about the incident. I told him that morning, I was like, I had this crazy dream last night, and he looked kind of concerned when I told him that. The whole time I'm telling him he just looks, like, grave. Emilio began to connect the dots. I kind of was making the connection that maybe my thing that's been following me all these years is upset that I'm around someone. When things do get bad, I don't want people to get hurt. More things happened. That night, we're watching a movie, and he falls asleep, and he kind of starts kicking a little bit, kind of, like, rolling around a lot. He starts kind of, like, mumbling, and I thought, that's really weird. He's never talked in his sleep before. I'm getting ready to wake him up, and he just starts convulsing. What's happening? His eyes are rolled back. The whole bed was shaking. It was absolutely terrifying. And then all of a sudden, it just stops. His body, like, goes limp. 
Emilio describes the out-of-body experience he had. I remember waking up standing over Kelsey. It felt like I was not in my body. It felt like someone else kind of had the reins, so to speak. I couldn't, like, move. I couldn't do anything, but I could see what was going on. Kelsey described what happened next. Suddenly, I just get this really heavy feeling of, like, really bad anxiety. In the corner of the room, across the room, there's just this shadowy figure. It reaches almost all the way up to the ceiling. I think I'm imagining things. I, like, blink, shake my head, look over. It's still there, and it's just looking directly at me. I'm panicking. What is that? How is this thing here? I've got to be dreaming. And I kind of scoot back, try to wake Emilio up, so I turn. I go to, like, shake him, and I turn back, and it's gone. I'm looking all over, thinking is it somewhere else? Did it move? Is it closer? What's happening? And there's just nothing. I definitely have no doubts about anything being there anymore. I was like, I swear to God I saw that thing. He tells me, he's like, something crazy happened. I saw through its eyes. I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, I think I got possessed. Emilio spoke of it. Whatever this is, it's gotten more and more dangerous. When there's people like Kelsey who always want to make sure that I'm okay, it goes after them. I don't want Kelsey to have to deal with that, so I kind of cut myself out of the equation. If you're not around me, it's not going to affect you. It was just a really crazy, crazy, crazy experience. Emilio is like, maybe the best thing I should do right now is just to kind of try and, like isolate myself. Be, like, alone for a little bit. Maybe it will, like, cool down. Ever since then, everything has been fine. It kind of, like, went away. It definitely didn't really change our relationship, Emilio and I. We're just really close, really good friends. Emilio described wanting to return to the place it started, the cabin. There's times that I feel like I'm crazy. I have been getting urges to return to Red River. I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not. There's definitely things out there that we don't know about, whether it be creatures in the woods or ghosts or demons. The thing that's been following me all these years, it's gotten more and more dangerous. I was afraid that it was trying to kill me, but I just want to know what it wants. I want to know what the end game is. Emilio is still dealing with the attachment. 